You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. And it is the Calgary Flames game day as the Flames are down in Arizona to battle the Coyotes at Mullet Arena for the first time. Yesterday, the Flames did put Michael Stone on injured reserve. Walker Dewar recalled. Expect to see more of Dennis Gilbert in the meantime. Got a little bit of early hockey for you today, too. The Calgary Hitmen have an 11 a.m. game against the Winnipeg Ice. We'll carry that for you right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. My name is Matt Rose. He's Patty Dumas. We're live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. They are your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. All things basement-y. Visit DL Basement Systems Calgary. Com. Coming up later on in the hour, Brent Monson, the defensive coordinator, is going to join us. Stampeders didn't do a ton of free agency, but when they did do some things, it was mostly on the defense. Mm. You know, Rice and John, the big Canadian receiver, got signed as well. But apart from that, it's Hauser on the D-end position. It's Michael Alway, the middle linebacker spot. It's re-signing the entire secondary We'll dive into all that with Monson uh, just after 7.30, so in about 15 minutes' time here. And uh, the first hour is going to be up available for you to grab uh, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or Google. But right now, we did want to get into um, just a little bit of um, trade discussion as it's that time of year. We're 10 days away from the NHL trade deadline, 1 o'clock on Friday, March the 3rd. Our trade deadline coverage is going to be brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar and Tuxedo Source for Sports as we're going to have you covered wall-to-wall on March the 3rd. But a couple things I wanted to run past you, Patty. Yeah. I'll get your thoughts on a couple of rumors. Ooh, key rumors. Yeah, there's rumors. They're Eric, circulating. The Eric big Francis one, don't like rumors. Here's the thing. Yeah, no, Eric Francis doesn't like rumors. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, don't give him a rumor. Doesn't trifle with rumors. Um, but the big one that I wanted to ask you about is Timo Meyer. So yeah. we all know Timo Meyer and his situation. He plays for the San Jose Sharks. He's having himself a real tidy season. He's been put up uh, a ton of offense on a very not good team. He has been referred as someone who can drive a line on his own, so you'd love to hear that if you're uh, an acquiring team. He's signed uh, at $6 million for the rest of the season. He's an RFA at the end of the year with that $10 million qualifying offer, which is certainly a new wrinkle to work in here. 31 goals, 52 points, and 57 games with the Sharks this season, but the rumor that we started to hear percolate over the course of the weekend and, and really yesterday mm-hmm. started to pick up a little bit more steam as well. But what about the St. Louis Blues as a team that could be in for Timo Meyer? Of course, the Blues have made a couple of deals lately, trading out both Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly, who were pending unrestricted free agents. and. In those deals, the Blues have received a 2020 first-round pick from Toronto, a second-round pick in 24, a third-round pick in 2023. They got a first-round pick from the Rangers in 2023. They got an extra fourth-rounder as well. They have, they've, they've got a whole bunch of stuff here. Yeah. 
Yeah, they do have the, the, the ammunition if you'd wanted to go out and get uh, a Timo Meyer or Jacob Chikrin for sure. I know Chikrin was a possibility as them, uh, for them going forward. This would be an ad that would they would not use for this year, obviously. This is a team that's checked out. They're not, they know they're not going to the playoffs. They trade their captain. They traded one of their top fours in Tarasenko. This is a, would be a move for next year for sure. Now, the, the Blues, their cap situation, you know, at the deadline, they should have around uh, around, what, around six and a half, six point seven million at the deadline. They could fit them in this year, easy, no easily problem. Easily fit them in. It's it's more like uh, the qualifying offer. Can you do the ten million for him at in the in the? And is Timo Meyer a ten million dollar player? Probably not. Like, can you trade for him and then work out a deal yeah. where he's getting you know a lot of term, but. Not ten million dollars because yeah. I don't know if he's there, and I, I think that's what we, anybody I think he's who's close. And yeah, he's, he's just on the edge. He's he's like between eight and ten. Yeah, he's right in there in that window where that's where you that's 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 an, a really good player in this league now mm-hmm. is between eight and ten million dollars, just below the elite level, but they're right there at an all star level. Sure. So with Timo Meyer, like this is anybody who's going to be acquiring Timo Meyer's got to look like, and I think that's going to be like like if Winnipeg is to be the one that goes and get Timo Meyer, obviously. Does Timo Meyer want to be there long term? He's got connections there. He's got former Sharks teammates. He's sure. got a junior teammate there as well. So it's going to be like, I think anybody who does do this trade will have to sign him to something, and that qualifying offer will not happen. Now, St. Louis, that's a team that, okay, they're, they're going to, they have to build around the Kairu Thomas. Now, this is their team. They have Braden Shen for yeah. like six plus years still. Yeah. But the Free agent Ka- at the end of 28th. The Cairo and Thomas extensions kick in after this year, and they're both going to be at eight and an eighth of a million dollars. So it's $8.125 million for eight seasons after. Do you think Ken Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, I'm sure those guys were just, they can still elevate their game. And maybe even look, Timo Myers is still an under 30 guy. That could be a, totally some three guys you could totally move forward with. Mm-hmm. Now nah, it's just here's the thing for yeah. me. He would replace a guy like Ivan Barbashev in yep. your top six. Because if Barbashev is going to be moved, imagine here. if you get even more assets back for Barbashev. Yeah, right. Because he's might be after O'Reilly or sorry after Meyer. Like I got to think, like, and maybe Kane. Oh, he's he's he's, got, a, he's, he's, got a, he's top he's, forward. He's probably one of the top ten targets on the board still. Yeah, he's number seven on the daily faceoff one. So that's about appropriate for me. And and like you mentioned, as far as forwards go, if if Kane's not moving and then Meyer goes, that's Barbashev's got to be the next best piece. Like if if Calgary is that team to go out and get a forward, somebody that think okay, we like if they rattle off five straight wins in their next five games, and yes, then, Ivan Barbashev would be a move I would make. Yeah, he's the guy that would intrigue me. Uh, at two point two five million dollars, you're not worried about the cap hit. A uh, guy that can play up and down your lineup. Plays, uh, uh, he's got a scoring touch to him yeah. more than I think he's got a snarl to him. But a can guy play that all I think a lot positions of on the forward inter- as well. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a major key. The, the word versatility, mm. something that a lot of coaches like to have, especially when you're bringing in a new guy. You mm. don't know how he's going to gel with the system and yeah. and the players and all that type of stuff. And when you see something like that, it says, "Hey, this guy just goes out and works." So that's that's yeah. St. Louis and and Timo Meyer. Yeah, I. I- I think like he fits in the age group, right? Cairo, Thomas, yeah. maybe not Shen, but Buchtovich still signed for two more years. Like if you can, he'll be a, Jake. I don't throw, throw Jake Neighbors into that conversation sure. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a guy for future, you know, coming up, the Blues have it's good gonna prospects. Be in their top six, yeah. Blues got a good prospect system, so it's a it's a it's an intriguing piece. And I think yeah, if if I'm sending okay, if I give you 
the Rangers first is conditional. Let's say you give you the Leafs first uh, that you got in the O'Reilly deal. Um, Frank Cervalli said yesterday on his show, a lot of people are looking at the Matthew Kachuk deal for what happened with Timo Meyer. Okay. Now, that would also include an extension, but... So that's a f- that's first and two NHL bodies and a prospect. Just a significant cost. That's big cost to make. Yeah. And I don't think St. Louis has the pieces right now to make that move. Like, here's the other thing. If oh, NHL body-wise. Mov- if you're moving out the draft picks, like, it, are you sure that Jake Neighbors doesn't have to be part of that deal? That's what I mean. Like, I if I'm if I'm the other if I'm prospect, Mike Greer, I'm asking for Jake Neighbors. Yeah, the other big prospect they have is Zachary Bolduc, but he hasn't uh, kind of um, taken the same steps that Jake Neighbors has taken. He was a dra- he was drafted one year after as well. So he's the Blues aren't the greatest, uh, so they're nineteenth in the prospects. But Jimmy Snugger, Scott Wheeler, had yeah, on. Jimmy Snuggerud, he's he's one that had really good World Juniors. Yeah, maybe college a, guys. That's why he wouldn't be on this list. May, have maybe here. a piece ta- uh, San Jose would like because I think they really like Jake Neighbors, and I think Jake Neighbors they can see as a guy that can be right there with Kyron Thomas as a as a forward piece. But I just I don't like the move for St. Louis just because I. I don't like it for San on San Jose's behalf because I don't think they could get exactly what they want. Now, if uh, you go to Winnipeg, you go to Carolina, you go to New Jersey, I think San Jose could probably get a lot more of what they're getting for Timo Meyer. The other thing that we heard is uh, Matthias Ekholm yeah. might be available. Now, Frank Cervalli kind of floated this a while ago. Like I want to say almost like before Christmas, he kind of pondered this when Nashville was off to a, a, a so-so start. And it's been a lot of the same for them. Like, here's the thing. Much like Calgary last season, all of Nashville's top guys had career years last year. Yeah. And has maybe regressed to the mean a little more aggressively than they would have expected. And as a result, they're on the outside looking in. Now, Matthias Ekholm is an interesting one because he's a super useful player. And he's not a UFA, Patty. No. He's got some term on his contract. And I think that's something that a lot of teams would say, hey, yeah, this is a guy that we don't even, we, you know, we get him past this year, and that's significant. So if you were the Arizona or the Nashville Predators, would you think about moving Matias Ekholm? If I'm the- 32 years, three more years after this, six and a quarter before he becomes a UFA. It feels like if I'm Nashville, I'm looking at these contracts, I'm like, oof. Is this a team? He's already that, 32. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's not like you're getting a 29-year-old, 28-year-old Matias Ekholm here. And if that was the case, Nashville probably wouldn't even be trading, consider trading him. 32. They got, they have another older defenseman there, Ryan McDonough. That's a name that could, you know, a little bit more money, maybe a little bit more playoff pedigree, but a year older. It might be tough. If I'm da- obviously David Poyle, I think, yeah, should probably try. Hey, if Edmonton can't get Eric Carlson. <laughs> If that can't be the guy, obviously the the the, the move that would have to get made, like with, with the bodies, the moving, it just doesn't make sense to make that type of trade on March third. Matias Ekholm, a little bit easier of a deal to make. I think you could do. Mm-hmm. You don't have to move as many bodies. Uh, it was six point two million on the cap. The Oilers six point two five. Yeah, six point two five. See, yeah. If if somebody if, if I'm coming to David Boyle, yeah, I want Matias Ekholm. Sure. Here's what I here's what I would think too. And this is why it, if I was David Boyle, I would be trying to move this. Um, it was Jim Rutherford after he you know was looking to sign some deals. One yeah. of the things he said: anytime you're signing anyone over thirty, mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you hope to get the value for that contract at that six and a half or whatever the money is in the first couple of years. Yeah. And then after that, you understand that he's probably not going to be pay, played at that level, but you hope the first couple of years you can make hay. Now, if in the first couple of years, the rest of your team isn't good enough, maybe try and capitalize on it now before you get into the latter yeah. stages of that contract. But like you said, I don't think that there's any team out there that's just going to, you know, not be aware of the risks that could occur down the road on this deal. If Ekholm had two, three years left after this, or sorry, mm. two years left after this, it might be okay. It's that extra year. You know, he's free agent in 2026. 35. He's played in every game for Nashville this year. Consistent. I mean, yeah, the guy is a is a decent off. Like, this is what a decent offensive defenseman was about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. That's what an offensive defenseman was. Now it's just you, our 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 our, regi- our recency bias for d- d- what offensive defensemen are as the game has changed is completely different. Matthias Ekholm is maybe not the scorer that he once was for sure. A solid player can both play the left and the right side of the, your your core. I think you know a team that, penalties. Yeah, I think can play power play on a team ready to win. Matthias Ekholm could help a ton, and that's why I, I put in Edmonton where Edmonton could throw them right in there in that defense core, whether they make the money work, whether they, you'd have to do it, I think that would make a lot more sense than Eric Carlson. Last one. Yeah. Then we got to get to Brent Monson. Yeah. A Metropolitan Division question. There's two really good teams in this division that have been rumored to add. The Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils. Who needs to add to their roster more ahead of the trade deadline? The New Jersey Devils or the Carolina Hurricanes? Oof. And I'm going to preface it. Who needs a UFA forward more this season? The Devils or the Hurricanes? It feels like it should be the Carolina Hurricanes. It feels like New Jersey, they've got a really good group and they got more guys coming. I don't think you want to be taking stuff out. I, I mean, yeah, if any, if, the thing is with, with Timo Meyer, they're going to be asking for Simone Nemich. Mm. And that's probably not a guy that New Jersey wants to part ways with. Sure. Carolina, on the other hand, I think Carolina is a lot longer on their playoff Stanley Cup journey Mm -hmm. that a name, one more name, pushed them over the top. And I think Carolina could easily pass Boston. And Tom Dundon is one of those guys that qualifying offer, I don't think would scare him very much. They'll go. They'll figure it out. Players like that market. Players want to be there. It's a good place to play. And Carolina's and done live. weird stuff before. Would it be out of the realm of possibility if they flip them as an RFA before the deadline? They could totally do that at the draft. Totally do it. Try and uh, make back, uh, as Frankie's been saying for a couple of weeks, a couple pennies on the dollar? Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. No, I'm thinking it would be have to be. Uh, Carolina is the team for me in the entire National Hockey League that I'm looking at. Toronto's made their moves. Boston, we don't know what they want to do. Boston's going to add something. They got Jake DeBrusque back as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think Carolina looks at, they see Boston, and they know that this is, might be our best chance. We got a good group. Boston knows that this will be their only chance to win a cup. I'm, not, I'm thinking Carolina has to do everything they power to get Timo Meyer there. The big question is, will the Flames be buyers or sellers at the NHL trade deadline? Because Sportsnet 960 is Calgary's trusted source for your Flames breaking news. Because until deadline day, we're going to chase down every Flames trade rumor swirling around the city. Then on March 3rd, we got you covered with all your coverage live from the Saddle Dome. The Flames make a move. You're going to hear it here first. 
And our coverage is going to be brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Also brought to you by Tuxedo Source for Sports. It may be trade deadline season, but it's time to gear up for another great ball season. Southern Alberta's best selection of bats, gloves, and everything you need to be at the top of your game is at Tuxedo Source for Sports. 2520 Center Street North. Take a break. Talk some stamps next. Their ball season is inching closer as well. That's as we continue on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Welcome back to the show. Big show with Russick and Rose. No George. He'll be back tomorrow. My name is Matt Rose. Across from me sits Patty Dumas, GVP, and Alex Brody running the show today. It's time to start going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We're next. We get a little bit of a Stamps chat. I'm excited to do so with the defensive coordinator of your Calgary Stampeders. His name is Brent Monson. Good morning, Brent. How are you doing, man? How's it going, everybody? We got no complaints. Yeah, good, good, good. Good to hear. Um, How's the offseason been for you? What did you get up to? Uh, I know it still has some time here before training camp rolls around, but uh, how did you unwind after the season? After the season, took a little bit of time. Um, Went to uh, Disney World with the family. That was a good trip. And then uh, Christmas, all that. And then just got back working, got back in the office, looking at some free agents and uh, checking out some of the players that are in the upcoming CFL draft. Now you mentioned uh, getting down with the family. I saw you also took the kid, the the young into her first Flames game. Have you been uh, watching the, the the Flames quite a bit this year? Oh yeah, I've been following. Kid had a great time. Both kids had a great time at their first game there uh, against the Lightning. Oh, a good team to come and watch, eh? Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, it hasn't been the best season, but nevertheless, that's the way she goes sometimes. How much um, do you like, are you like Dave, where you get to go to the, the poker tournament and kind of hang out with the players? I know D- D- uh, Dave was mentioning he likes to fanboy at those a little bit and kind of chat with the guys on the team. No, I haven't been able to do that at all, actually. Um, Dave normally goes to that stuff. I haven't <laughs> been uh, fortunate enough to do that yet. We'll have to get you on the list, that's for sure. Um, we got a lot to get into with this uh, Stampeders defense because you've been able to uh, make some moves in the offseason. The the biggest one would be the addition of Julian Hauser, who previously played with Hamilton and frankly was a beast every time he would play against the Stampeders. Um, why was this a position that you wanted to address? Because you also brought back James Vodders earlier in the offseason. Uh, both players fit what we do very well, um, starting with Julian Houseware. I mean, he's just his versatility, um, his effort, and his physicality just fit our scheme very well. Um, I've followed him for a while, kind of just enjoy watching him play. He's been part of that defense over there for the last four years, and just every time he's on the field, you're impressed at what he can do, um, playing inside, playing outside. He can play off the ball. He can pretty much do whatever you want with him, so I'm excited to have that versatility. And then Vodders, Vodders has been solid. We've been trying to get him back for a while. Anytime he'd been released in the NFL, we'd make a call. Um, just the physicality and the effort. He's a technician. Um, very excited to have him back too. So both guys will be great additions to what we do. 
and uh, excited to put them in, on the position chart and see what, where it goes from there. Well, when I look at the West as well, and I look at some of the quarterbacks around the West, I say, hey, if you can get to the quarterback in this division, you could make your life pretty easy. Was that something you were pondering as you went into the offseason? Oh, totally. I mean, we did a great job of doing that last year with a lot of the guys that we had. Um, guys that have coming back still. Just adding to that group. Um, just really excited to get after the quarterback. And, yeah, it's much easier to win football games when you can get after the quarterback. That's the name of the game. Patty Dumas also joining us here on The Morning Show. Brent, obviously uh, they had the departure of Jameer Thurman. That's a big hole to fill. But you guys uh, did it with uh, a veteran in Micah Alway who spent some time uh, – Few years, five years in this league between you know Montreal, BC, Toronto, Ottawa. How's uh, how was uh, did that signing come to be? Yeah, I mean we've always again he's another guy like kind of like Housewares. We've always liked him as a football player. Um, never had the opportunity to have him here. Um, I just think I've always thought he's one of the most physical linebackers in the league, and just excited to kind of put him in the group and have that open competition at that position. And uh, yeah, he fits what we do very well. And then just the physicality and the presence that he brings with his effort and how he plays, again, just like the two defensive ends, fits what we do very well. Man, so one of the things with Alway was whenever I'd heard people talk about him, it was the physicality. Like, this is one of the hardest hitters in the CFL. Um, how much of that is a factor? Oh, it's huge. Um, to me, the three things, like I keep saying, the effort, physicality, and versatility is what we want on defense, and that's what he brings. Um, but again, like, he's the guy that you'll see on TV. If you see a big hit, he's on the field. He's the one making it. So that's what excites uh me about him and then just he fits in well with all the other guys how we play um silas stewart is another one shaq smith perry young so they'll all be competing at that spot but he fits what we do now as far as getting guys to kind of take that next step like you just mentioned shaq smith and silas stewart and perry young you had these three linebackers signed going into free agency and I, w- I, I felt like you were probably going to sign a veteran like you ended up doing, but what would your confidence level have been if, if you couldn't have been able to come to terms and you had to go into the season with those three guys? I'm confident in our coaches. I'm confident um, Coach Slow, um, our linebacker coach, Bob Sloak. I'm confident in us being able to get the guys ready to play. Silas filled in for Thurman last year very well in the three games that he missed. And, yeah, I mean, it's great to have an addition like Howie, but I was also confident in the other guys too. Um, but it's just great to add more competition. I mean, I'm all about competition in training camp and best best player wins, and that's exactly what you want to create every year. One of the things that I see in your secondary is a lot of continuity, especially now that you've gotten Brandon Dozier back. And we'll see what happens with the ratio. You never really know, but you got to like that at least you've got a whole bunch of guys returning in that secondary. Like, I'm not sure how you're going to line it up. But I see Trey Roberson, Kobe Williams, Darius Williams, Titus Wall, Natrell Jamerson, Jonathan Moxie, Brad Muhammad, Brandon Dozier. Like, that's a lot of names for not enough positions. you got to like the depth you've got in your secondary. Yeah, it's really good. And then last year, too, I mean, it, it was it was difficult with how many movements we had to make due to injury. But what that did was allow a lot of guys to get playing time. And we were able to see what everybody could do very quickly. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about, like, again, the versatility of all the guys can play multiple positions. So, yeah, I have a lot of options of where to put everyone. So, um Definitely excited about what we have coming back there. Obviously, we lost a couple guys, but, I mean, that's just what it is every season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the continuity and the ability to move players around in the secondary is huge. So I'm excited about that. 
and again, all of them are great people and are very smart and run to the ball. So all the stuff back there is uh, very exciting. And then having Trey back is huge also. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask about that because after you lost Trey, uh, you lost some significant length or, or size in your secondary. Was that something that you maybe looked at in the offseason and said, maybe we could get a little bit more size in our secondary or just getting Trey back? That should be uh, more than enough. Yeah, you always look for a little bit more size. I mean, it's it's more difficult to find that. But um, Trey, the Trey coming back helps helps in that area for sure. But I feel like all of our guys can cover. I mean, we have size in the Charles Jamerson also, who didn't play mm-hmm. a ton last year, but he's got some size. And I mean, everyone else can cover. I mean, it's just what it is how we how we have to play. Um, but yeah, some of the receivers that signed in the West will we'll have our hands full. That's for sure. Like Rice and John, for instance. I'm excited he's on our team. Yeah. On a different team. <laughs> what would it be like trying to cover 6'6, 220 in the red it's zone? Fun. It's not fun. <laughs> Especially no, when he's a Canadian and he brings a passport, right? For sure. Now you look around the division. Like, what, did, what were your reactions to the way that Edmonton maybe loaded up their receiver core? Uh, I mean, good for them. I'm mean, excited yeah. to play against them. Yeah. No, that's the way it goes. Just let your boys out there and see if they can create some turnovers as the season goes on. How much do you totally. keep? How much do you keep in contact with your players in the off season? I try and text. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll always text everyone around Christmas, Happy New Year, all mm-hmm. that stuff, and then just follow up once once the New Year hits, see how everyone's doing, if they need anything from me, film training, anything like that. They know they can always call me. I'm pretty much accessible in any any moment of any day, so I tell them if they need anything, call me whenever. Um, just making sure that I'm available. If they need anything, I'm here. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how we do. Obviously, some of the guys in town I talk to a lot more frequently, like Mike Rose, Wigan, Isaac Berglund. We, we keep in contact more frequently, but definitely available whenever they need anything. How are the lads doing? Rose and Wigan, those two are oh, inseparable. They were actually so. at the Flames game on uh, Monday there. Uh, I think uh, Trey, Wiggs, and Rose were there. And I think Mike is supposed to be at the Hitman game today as well. I, I saw that yeah. with the Stamps, like a little bit more community events. Like, How big is that for you to not only grow the game, but kind of grow support for this team as you're able to get the guys back in the community more with this upcoming season? Oh, it's huge. It's great. I mean, I love it. The guys are great. Um, they're always willing to do whatever you want them to do. And um, definitely excited to get out in the community more now that they uh, they come up here. A lot of guys have decided to move up here and come up here early. So it's nice to see. And uh, the more we can do it, the better. Man, it's going to be fun to watch the group this year uh, as we move forward. Uh, Brent, it's been a good chat, man. Uh, best of luck throughout the rest of the offseason, getting these guys ready to go. I'm already fired up for training camp. So uh, keep it going and uh, look forward to a uh, crossing pass in the future here. I appreciate it. Everyone have a good day. Stay warm. Yeah, we'll do our very best. As we continue <laughs> Take it easy. Looking at these huge piles of snow. So I could use Mike Rose to, you know, yeah, shovel shovel the, some of this get stuff. some of the big guys out here, shovel some sidewalks. That would be helpful for, for sure. sure. Uh, appreciate it, Brent. Take care, man. See ya. There you go. Brent Monson, defensive coordinator of the Calgary Stampeders. And yes, talking a little CFL right after free agency opened. Sorry for that. Uh, but we are going to be talking a whole bunch of hockey and baseball, too. I hope you don't mind if we're talking a little bit oh, of baseball. Oh, around God, is it, is it too soon? I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't see flowers. Well, not for a little while with the snow that we've just <laughs> oh, had. Oh, no. That's for sure. Uh, ben Wagner is going to join us in about 15 minutes' time. Uh, Craig Morgan has joined us to talk, to, to talk some coyotes just after 
8.30 as well. Uh, we dived into the rumor mill yeah. with the NHL as the trade deadline draws nearer and nearer. Um, but Flames taking on the Coyotes tonight. You know, we kind of mentioned it during the morning report. Don't necessarily know who the goaltender is going to be. Yesterday was a travel day. Yeah. No practice. Uh, the Flames will do their morning skate today. Uh, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. morning morning skates. Or oh, sorry, we'll, uh, noon. Sorry, noon. My bad. Noon. Yeah, I was like, 10 a.m. That's That feels That's early. Really, really early for yeah. them. Uh, noon. Uh, around noon is when uh, avails will be. So we should we should maybe get a little bit of details coming up a little yeah. bit later on, too. Uh, as far as who the starter is, Michael Stone placed on the injured reserve. Walker Dewar has been recalled. I don't know if I expect any other lineup changes, though. Like, the blue line will probably stay the same. You think Ruzicka comes out? Possibly. Maybe put Walker Dewar down on the fourth line and put Trevor Lewis yeah, put back Lewis to the back middle. Lewis back in center, put Walker Dewar on the wing. That's, I mean, Ruzicka, you look at the time, he's the last, he played the least out of those two on that fourth line. He hasn't done anything in his two games, yeah. really, that, that's shown me anything that can be like, hey, yeah, you earned a spot here. I think it's just plug and play. Walker Dewar's been playing all right down <laughs> with the Wranglers, and he's been all right with his time up with the Flames when he's had to to be there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ruzicka come out. Um, and in net, it's like first meeting against the Coyotes. Oh, the second meeting against the Coyotes, I believe they, they met uh, earlier this year. I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's, yeah, Markstrom... I don't know, man. It, 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 it doesn't. It, like I said, it doesn't matter right now. It's just somebody, whoever goes in there, just needs to do their job properly. In the last minute, it was Dan Vladar okay. who stopped 18 of 20 shots that he faced. Wasn't in exactly a busy. 3 to 2 victory. Uh, Karel Vizmelka stopped 24 of 27 shots that he faced in that game back on December the 5th. Uh, these two teams will also play March the 14th. But yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. I wouldn't expect a whole lot of changes. Adam Rzichka continues to be one of the more frustrating players for me yeah. on this Flames roster um, because for stints, he will show you a lot of good things, a lot of things that you like, skill, mm -hmm. uh, occasional physicality, although, you know, for 6'3", he's not the most physical player. Uh, sees the ice well, pretty good skater, yep. shoot the puck pretty well. I don't think he really excels to a ridiculous extent at anything, but like that's what I mean. We we he's like oh he's not a, he's not a he's not gonna hit you, but he's not gonna score a lot. Like you gotta miss. Sometimes you just gotta make your role here for you. And like what are you, Adam Rujicka? I wonder if there's a way that he gets moved at the deadline just because he is a restricted free agent at season's end, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I could see a situation where they maybe explore something for him. 23 years old, like there's yep. there's a lot of growth that could happen there still, for sure. But he's been really frustrating to watch this season. Flames have won six straight games against the Arizona Coyotes. They're outscored him 28 to 11. But as we've talked about, this is a Coyotes team that despite being in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, has been winning their fair share of games lately. 5-0-4 oh, in their last nine games. But despite that, they're still fifth last in the entire NHL. They have only passed the Sharks <laughs> in this span. That's the only jump that they've made. Yeah, they've just, and they've just, you know, we've they've seen their odds decline over the last few weeks here uh, as they get more and more out of the Bedard sweepstakes. But, you know, it, I mean, it's you get that type of team together in a building like that, 
and it's just the whole situation. It, it, yeah, it was easy to, for us to say, oh, yeah, the Coyotes are just going to, you know, suck this year. They're just going to, they know their goal. They're going to be right down there. You know what? They, they're playing good. And I credit that goaltender in net and, and Vishmelka, who's been outstanding, Clayton Keller. If Clayton Keller wasn't on the Arizona Coyotes, he'd be talked about almost daily, I think. He's a much better player than I think people give him credit uh, Lawson for. Lawson Krause is a really good player as well. Uh, like Mateus Michelli in, in trade rumors I know, forever. I know Mateus Michelli is a name. Maybe he's, he's dropped off a bit, but he was up there in rookie scoring for a while. And then there's obviously the Jacob Chikrin thing. You know, I, like I think is this guy ever going to get traded? Like, what is Arizona doing? And I, I want to like get with Craig Morgan here and ask what what are they going to do here with Jacob Chikrin? They they don't have to move him. They they totally could no. Just, but but they, every year you wait <laughs> that and a guy that is amazing contract. The guy is porcelain. Sure, yeah. You need to move him. Yeah. You could get a lot that could help your franchise now and in the future. And he, and like everyone <laughs> was always like, oh, look at this sweet money deal he's on. 4.6 million. That was like when there was four years left on the deal. Two years left now. <laughs> two and a half years left. Two years on a playoff run is all that's left now. It was two weeks ago. Kipper had the like. Yeah, it sounds like it's it's to L.A. Brant Clark. Yeah, Brant Clark was in it. Left-handed, six foot two. He's twenty-four years old, but like Patty said, a lot of injury trouble. Like Arizona, it, it's just you, every day you put him in the line. Like, I, I, does he, he move before the deadline? You think? He has to, right? They've put him. They've put him in bubble yeah. wrap. You have yeah. to move him before the deadline. Yeah, there, there's there, his name's been out there for too long. It would just be, a, it would be a joke on the NHL if they were to just say, "Oh, we didn't. We no, decided not to trade him. him when, we kept him out of action for trade related reasons for a month." When Boston would line up, L.A. would line up, and then we didn't move him because we didn't like the cost. Like, ugh, it, it would just be, you know, just typical, like. I don't want to say typical Arizona, but like, like <laughs> but Arm- typical Arizona. Yeah, like, like I don't know, man. They get. I think he moves before the deadline. I, 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 I strongly think he does, because after that, it's like okay, you got Gavrikov when it comes to defensemen, because uh, we don't believe Carlson's going to get moved. Luke Shen's now being held out for trade related reasons, but that's a different player than yeah, Jacob Chikrin. like Luke Shen would be. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not moving heaven and earth for Luke Shen, but when it comes to Jacob Chikrin, like there's a, there's a lot there's a lineup of teams here that would move him for him, and I, Arizona maybe just we're just waiting. We want one more team. We're just trying to get more more out of Boston, more out of L.A. Totally see that, but. You don't want it to cost them because we know what could happen. You could take a shot tonight and right off the hand, and then boom. all of a sudden, yeah, done, right? And that just would not be good. Colton Pareko's name was out there as well. Yeah, yeah. yesterday floating around. Like I just feel like like because like Kling, John Klingberg, not very good, and he's <laughs> no. not, and he's and he's like, and he, he's like, oh, I get to pick where I go. Well, what happens when nobody wants you? <laughs> so when it comes to defensemen, Jacob Chikrin, that's a name. Like, but yeah, St. Louis with Colton Pareko, that's another one. Get a first. Man, it's going to be an interesting trade deadline, but I don't think it's going to be overly intriguing for the Calgary Flames. I think it should be pretty quiet. Unless, like we said moments ago, Rally they rattle off five straight here. Which they haven't done. <laughs> which they have not done all season long. Um. Hey, no time like the present, right, Patty? Right? Yeah. Right? That's why right? they call it a present. Yeah. Yeah. 
7.30 start tonight. Flames, Coyotes down at ASU. We've been asking the text line today while the Flames are down in Arizona at ASU. If there was a little class they could stop in today, take a little look-see, uh, what, what course should they take? What is something they could maybe learn ahead of this trade deadline just a few games away? And some of the answers have been good. Some of the answers have been bad. <laughs> uh, this one from Aaron. I think the Flames need to go back to grade school, learn chemistry, and then hit PE and remember how fun hockey is. How much have we talked about that in the last couple of weeks, whether it's relevant or not? Yep. And different answers, and different takes on it. I think that there has to be a situation where, um, you know, it's maybe not a play school or kindergarten. No. You want, some, you want some, you know. I think you also have to remember what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. And as much as, um, hmm, yeah, take it. Don't take it for granted, I think would be the way I put it. But hard to say from my, my seat here on the morning show. Yeah, lose. Yeah, exactly. We could say we could say a lot of things like, oh, they play a game and then we make a lot of money and all this stuff. You know, losing sucks. And it takes more than one person to to put this uh, this thing going. It's not the players. It's the coaches. It's the front office. It's a whole whole thing right now. And just all three units on this team are not working in a cohesive group right now. Flames management should try and squeeze into an asset management course when they're down at ASU. That's from Cody <laughs> and Drumheller. Uh, I don't... Once again, I think the asset management hasn't necessarily been bad. It hasn't been like the Canucks... Nope. Trading away a ninth overall hey, hey. pick to bring in Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson and like the Gaudreau thing, sure. But I continue to maintain that if you had traded Gaudreau before his final season, the value would have been low because he yep. was coming off another bad season. And then he had a great year. Mm-hmm. And then everyone wants to treat it like he had been playing like that for the last five years. Yeah. It's just not how. Things work. And uh, we all sat here when that trade went down and then in training camp. It was like, hey, man, this is they did what they had to do. They they got out, they went out and got the tied for second leading score in the NHL last year. And Jonathan Hoover, they got a top pair defenseman in Mackenzie Weger, who's not playing on the top pair in Calgary. This text says, just make them take anything. Go take a BCOM and realize how good you have it that you're not a schmo like us. There you go. There. That's a good way to put it. Yep. That's better than me sitting here and saying, hey, you play hockey. It's not that bad. It's fun. It's a game. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It hurts. Well, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's their living, and it's very serious. I understand yeah. that. But nevertheless, um, biology to learn where the heart is. That from Mitch in Calgary. Oh, yeah. That's another one. Okay. Right. Hmm. Take a major in cardiology and a minor in business ethics because they lack hard and effort, heart and effort. <laughs> that from Drew in Calgary. Yeah, there's some good ones. There's some thoughts in there. Uh, ASU, renowned for its teaching as well. So you know that if they're taking one of those courses, <laughs> they're going to get some learning done. Uh, they're down at ASU. They're down at the mullet. We're going to talk to Craig Morgan at 8.30 about the Coyotes and tee up the Flames and the Yotes. And then tomorrow we'll be teeing up the Golden Knights game as well which should be even more of a doozy. Flames in Vegas, not a great combo. No, Flames in Vegas, yeah. an even worse combo. Yeah. 
Yeah, hasn't gone well. <laughs> so that'll be tomorrow, but today it's the Flames and the Coyotes. 7.30 puck drop. We'll have your coverage all day long. But around the corner, we're checking in on the Blue Jays. We know it's much Woo! nicer in Dunedin. It's nicer than it is in Arizona. It's certainly nicer than it is here. Yeah. So we'll ask uh, Ben Wagner what's going on with the Toronto Blue Jays around the corner. Sports at 960 The Fan.